And that was probably the hardest part for me about figuring out YouTube is I was like, I was not cool in high school. So like, I don't know what people like. Lewis Weiss always felt like he didn't fit in, but he found a passion in making things with his hands. Growing up, my dad would always be like, if we were at a store and I saw like some dumb knickknack and I was like, that looks so cool. He'd be like, I could build that. And then we get home and like sometimes it was pretty good and sometimes it wasn't, but I was always like, but it's pretty close. I'm making it look more dangerous than it is on camera but only a little bit. I'm taking as good of precautions as I can. I like to say that I would never do anything that I don't feel 99.9% .9 confident I am walking away from in one piece at the end of the day. But there is always that 0.1% chance. And now he shares his crazy mad scientist inventions with a YouTube audience of over a million. My name's Eric, co-founder of Carrot. We help creators like Lewis with their finances. And join us today for 36 questions to fall in love with Lewis Weiss. This is Lewis Weiss. I think of him as the guy who makes the coolest shit you'll ever see on the internet, i.e. cooking chickens and turkeys by slapping them with wooden paddles. Yep. Thinking through, didn't you have a video looking at icicles? I did, yeah, yeah, I was... As a, uh, as a murder weapon? Uh-huh, is an icicle the perfect murder weapon? What was the conclusion, if I remember right? Um... Basically, no. Like, you probably could kill someone with an icicle, but uh, there's no reason to. Like, <laughs> use a knife and then melt it. You know well, what I mean? Most people don't have access to an industrial blowtorch to melt a knife. Wouldn't melt, letting it melt in the sun just be better? Yeah, except that, like, there are so many challenges about having the icicle ready in time. Like, think about the amount of effort you have to go through to have. Wait, not that hard. I say, hey, Lewis, let's go out skiing at Tahoe. All right. Hey, oh, come over uh, here by the what? lodge. I guess I was imagining you would kill someone in their house with an icicle. Ah, uh, well, that would be but harder. But out and about, that would be actually probably pretty good. The thing about icicles, though, is more people die from them falling on them than getting impaled. But they're already God's perfect murder weapon. I'm just saying, less as humanity learned to harness. That's fair. I will say that was one of the first videos. It wasn't actually the chicken slapper video. It was that one. It's actually the like our icicles, the perfect murder weapon That's video. That's funny. And I was like, this is my sort of shower thought. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I feel like the answer is yes, but I'm open to being convinced otherwise. I think that's what I used to do more so as these like shower thought videos. Yeah. And now I've kind of strayed away from that because like my shower thoughts aren't always everybody else's shower thoughts. I mean, thoughts. they're my shower thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But they're also kind of challenging to express sometimes with just a title and thumbnail. Although I will say it's a little frightening. Now we all know that in the shower you think about how to murder people and if icicles are the right and the most appropriate way to do so. Yeah, exactly. Slightly terrifying. Slightly terrifying. I was going to interview, uh, we had a family friend who's a former FBI agent. I was going to interview, it just didn't work out. But Oh, that would have been cool. That would have been cool as part of it. I think I was just going to make the video too long, though. So they, what I'm hearing from you, the conclusion is if you have ready, easy access to icicles, honestly, not bad as a war murder weapon, you know, given the evaporation and everything. Yeah, not terrible. And otherwise, you're saying get a knife, but just melt it down. I mean, yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, throw it into the ocean. Throw it, like... I mean, melting it down is probably the best. Um, you could also make a knife out of a easily meltable metal, like something like, I don't know, tin wow. right? or lead 
which melts relatively right because it's still going to be hard enough to like especially if you just make a spike out of it you're still going to be able to stab the crap I just out have somewhere. this conception like true RuneScape RPG mm. style that your lead knife also has like a poison modifier <laughs> oh I didn't even think about that yeah you're it's right like, you're plus right. 15 stab damage plus yeah, 5 plus poison poisoning. internal internal poisoning I guess the benefit is like ice there's no way to track you either right like yeah. if it's lead and they figure out that it's lead it's like okay how many people have lead knives how many people ordered enough lead recently to make a knife i just picture someone obsessively collecting millions of pencils for the perfect crime only to realize that they've created a graphite knife instead of a lead <laughs> knife and there's no poison modifier and they're very sad i mean you could probably kill someone with a pencil you can kill it's not that hard to kill people like we're soft right this is true. <laughs> this is not where I thought we would start. No, this is not where this podcast was <laughs> supposed is, to start. This has actually become a true crime podcast. Yeah, welcome to this week's episode of Only Murders in the Building. Sorry. Honestly, with that mustache. Officer Wise. <laughs> He's here passing for you. He's here. So you mentioned, though, the first videos in your channel yeah. are acapella. Acapella videos. Because I was super into like Peter Hollins and uh, like for a long time, John Cozart was oh like my, my idol, dude. P Peter Hollins should be coming down to join the pod in a couple weeks or so. I is he Peter. for real? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Peter's crazy. Peter is, uh, he said such a wild career on YouTube because uh, he was hot while acapella was super hot and he's managed to maintain his core audience yeah. really well past the time when that was like mega viral. even when the trend has fallen exactly he's also just the nicest human he being is super nice you'll ever and meet. very smart yeah um i think that's one thing i've found in common with like at least most youtube creators um not not throwing any shade on any other platform but uh i know mostly youtube creators um they're pretty much all really smart even yeah. if they're not like book smart they're extremely street smart um, they understand what people want to see. Um, and that was probably the hardest part for me about figuring out YouTube is I was like, I was not cool in high school. So like, I don't know what people like. <laughs> what do you mean not cool in high school? Uh, I mean, I don't think being a theater kid is typically cool. Um, I don't know. High school was weird. High school was like, I have a lot of good friends from high school who I'm still friends with. Um, but it's also like, I think it's not an easy time in anybody's life and everything feels so dramatic. Um, and it feels like everything is huge even when it's not. Um, I think I put on a strong face a lot of the time, even though I lacked a lot of confidence as a kid. Um, not necessarily like, like, I don't know. I actually, I talked to someone about this recently. I was like, I didn't really... It was hard for me to want to like invite people over to my house yeah. because I was like, I don't know if you'll say yes. What if they don't show up? Yeah. What if they don't come? Uh, like, am I cool enough to do that? And the answer is people totally would have said yes. Like now yeah. I know that, but uh, that was like hard for me. And I think everyone struggles with something different, right? Like everybody I think secretly has a tough time in high school. Um, it's just a question of how visible it is, right? Even if you're the coolest kid in school, you're struggling with something, right? Um, behind the scenes, maybe you're struggling with your schoolwork mm. or maybe your parents are like, you know, you throw these sick house parties, but your parents are never around. 
You know what I mean? Like there, everybody has something going on in their lives. And I think, you know, we all got to remember that like, even if someone else's life looks perfect, it's not, nobody's life is perfect. Your point on, you don't want to host events because you're afraid nobody would show up. I have that exact same fear. Every time Carrot has hosted oh an event, God. like Creator Shark Tank or Casino Night, those who have worked with me know I get very anxious because in the back of my head, I'm always thinking through, oh God. Yeah, what if nobody what wants if to come? nobody comes? I've found, at least lately, that as long as I plan it with a little bit of time in advance, I think people will want to come to stuff. Like, um, I even got a, you know, the only reason people would tell me no for like, like I did uh, Slaps Giving this year, yeah. right? And I invited a bunch of creators out and also some friends and like people wanted to come. They're like, that sounds fun. And yeah, you did. actually have a lot of people in your videos to your point on wanting to collab. Yeah, exactly. An extrovert and express that. And so, yeah, I, I have now developed a little bit of a love. It's a lot of work to plan an event, yeah but it is, uh, it's really rewarding and it's really fun. And so... I like doing it. I really kind of this year, I don't know any title sponsors out there. Uh, I want to bring back pumpkin chunkin because I think it's like the perfect, like insane what's, what's maker event. Pumpkin chunkin. So for a long time on discovery channel, there was like a, for Thanksgiving day, yeah. they would do a live event where people would bring these ridiculous, like catapults and air cannons and all kind of stuff to launch like pie sized pumpkins yeah. as far as humanly possible. Like people would launch these things like, half a mile, a mile with like, you know, like a 2000 PSI air cannon that weighs like half a ton, yeah. you know? Um, and that was ridiculous. And I'm sure people still do it just for fun. Right. Uh, but I would love to host that as an event and invite people to come out. You know, there could be a prize. It would be like chess boxing for nerds as if chess boxing. I was isn't literally thinking like, I feel like chess boxing already is, you know, for a particular for type of person. Yeah. And now you've taken it to the next level. And to your point on YouTubers being really smart. Yeah. It's because I think of a YouTuber as someone who just has like this incredibly deep and niche passion who just like has been so engrossed that they have made content about it and found a way to share that with others to support themselves doing it. I genuinely believe the best trivia team in the entire world would be fielded by a group of YouTubers. Oh, I think it 100% could be because you have to learn all of these ridiculous things that like nobody else learns. I have so much. We're maybe going to start a task force podcast. Um, we've been toying with the idea. This is your discord, right? This is my discord. Yeah. We're, we're maybe going to start the wise task force podcast. And like one of the reasons is a lot of times I'll be doing a video um, and it's mainly for the science heavy videos. But like I know so much information now. I was reading like. PhD level research papers on safe cooking temperatures for chicken and turkey. Yeah, to make sure you didn't eat it and kill yourself. Yeah, because I made I didn't want to get salmonella, um, but I also needed it to be as easy as possible, right? Because every degree is like exponentially harder. And so I was like, all right. I, and I needed an answer to a question that nobody wants to give you, which is, so what's the least right. I can cook a turkey yeah, and not die? Qualified person be like, don't do this right. and be safe. And you're like, no, no, no. But like, what's the least amount of badness? Right, exactly. I and so incur? like, you know, I'm looking at the charts and it's like, all right, up to about 90 degrees, you're good for a really long time. And then 90 to 122, that's your real danger zone. And then outside of that, it gets a little better. And then about, you know, 127, now you're kind of getting into the safe area again. Um, 
right? But the, you know, I can imagine the chart in my head because I've seen it, right? There was another study. Um, we did this as a meme and we didn't really include it in the video, but uh, I read somewhere that if you have three standard drinks before you eat a piece of infected chicken, uh, you are significantly, statistically significantly less likely by like 20%. So three standard drinks, like three cups of water. Three shots. Three shots, like alcohol. Alcohol. Wow. Who found this? How? <laughs> there's an essay on it. There's like, a, there's a research paper uh, that included this as part of it. They basically did a retroactive study. They looked at like hospitalizations for salmonella. Um, and then they looked at, right, because it would be at a dinner party. And so they'd be like, all right, who had how much to drink at these various parties? And then they would be able to figure out that like, oh, this guy got salmonella and he didn't drink at all, but this guy wow. drank a bunch and he was totally fine. Okay, yes, this makes more sense than I somewhat imagine imagination power was like, oh, like testing control. It's like, so you're going to drink a f- ton and then you're going to eat this diseased chicken. Yeah, no, nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. That that. makes sense. I can't help but wonder if there are like other confounding variables there. Like the people who can drink more, a little more heavy scent. I'm sure they found ways to like control for that, but it's still fascinating. And I couldn't re-find the research paper, but I know it's out there. It might've just been like a hallucinatory paper and like a fever dream. Yeah. Who knows? Like I swear this existed guys. I swear this was for real, but no, I think it was because it stuck in my head. Like that's really funny. Right. Well, to, to me also, as you discuss, Hey, you have acquired a, as Liam Neeson would say, a particular set of skills. Yeah. And I brought in that to a particular set of knowledge. I think one proxy I always have for, is this a friend I want to stick by with who I want to stick with me is how useful would they be in the post-apocalyptic wasteland? True. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good, that is a good metric. You use that as a metric to sometimes interesting. Yeah. And so I think in the course of our conversation, we've established, yes, one, you know, the proper cooking temperatures that we'll be able to scavenge and consume roadkill out without killing ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Actually, you know who yeah. else we should have is Max Fosh because he did that. Oh my gosh. What? Like eating roadkill or yeah, like he surviving? Cooked roadkill and served it as a Michelin starred meal. There you go. Video. If the post-apocalyptic wasteland happens, you want a team of YouTubers by your side. Right. So it'll be me, Max Fosh, uh, I would want yes William Theory. Yes Theory, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, it's all William about Osman, seeking sure, discomfort. But I, I think especially like um, Shane from... Uh, he made a basketball hoop that always goes in. Oh. Stuff so made here. Stuff yeah, made here. stuff made here. Yeah. What yeah, about the, like, I feel like Nick Giovanni, we need someone to prepare that food? Nick Giovanni would be good. Yeah, I wonder... Yeah, I think the biggest thing about Nick, though, is I think he would be able to keep a level head in that situation, right? Like, he's very intentional um, if you meet him for real, right? Yeah. We were talking about this earlier. And so I think for that reason, he would be yeah, a good soft skills. Team. I'd also say Michelle from Challenge Accepted. Oh, I 100% I mean, want Michelle. I love Michelle. Her whole video series is like her picking up random skills that probably would be helpful in the apocalypse as well. Yeah. Have you met Michelle? Yeah, I have. Yeah, She's yeah. great. She's so awesome. Yeah, I love her. I'm feeling really good about her team. And then, you know, if things go down Lord of the Fly style, I already know you've thought a lot about the perfect murder weapons. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're extremely well-rounded. first. Like, I, I think about, uh, I've gotten really into Survivor. Oh, me too. I've been watching YouTube videos talking through, like, the metagame and the meta theory. Oh, I haven't watched that, but I have oh, gotten okay. really into the show itself. Yeah. Uh, and, like... Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'd love to be on Survivor. As you, long as think, I'm not the first one Do you think you would win? Out. I don't think I would win, but I don't think I would be first out. 
I think I'm useful enough to not be first out. You know, so there was actually one season where a somewhat older Asian professor got really far to the final I know two. This. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he like started a fire with water on his glasses yes. lens. And he like broke yes. a box when the other team was trying to use brute force. He like dropped down in a corner and it just like opened yeah. using like different principles he had observed. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's another good one. There was this guy who was a robotics professor who made it really, really far. Um, what's his name? Chris Hubricky, Hubricky, I think. I, I would watch Survivor with YouTubers. Like, actually, on an island, everyone getting to I use their I should stop talking about this content. because <laughs> I'm kind of... I have an idea that's in this vein. Oh, my gosh. That would be... See, everything we're talking about, assemble the dream team. Yeah, I, I, it's not fully Survivor. It's Imagine my content... And then mix it with Survivor. That is cool. So right. like Survivor, but with like wildly unhinged makeshift creations and yes. manufactured equipment. And that the only way to progress in the game is to be able to build your way out of problems. I kind of love that. Right? See, again, and this goes back to your earlier point. YouTubers, I don't even think of them as much as influencers. I just think of them as like really specifically smart people across a variety of different niches and yeah. fields. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You've but, got your analytics people, right? Like most people think that I'm an engineer. I'm not. Um, where did you learn engineering then? I learned woodworking and uh, sort of like okay. basement engineering from my dad. Um, what do you mean basement engineering? I would say basement engineering. Like growing up, my dad would always be like, like, like if we were at a store and I saw like some dumb knickknack and I was like, that looks so cool. He'd be like, I could build that. And then we get home and like sometimes it was pretty good and sometimes it wasn't, but I was always like, but it's pretty close. And uh, yeah. it didn't 100% stick with me right away, but I always liked that skill and I wanted to pursue it more. And so like eventually I was like, yeah, I could probably make that, you know, and just having those tools accessible to me, I think like that's the hardest thing, right? Like I think the best thing you can do for your kids is just have things accessible to them. Right, not force them to do anything, but be like, hey, do you want a swing set? And it's like, yeah, like we didn't buy a swing set as kids. My dad built our swing set um, and it was amazing. Like it, it was better wow. than some of the stuff you could buy. Um, and it wasn't that complicated to build either. Right. Uh, and my dad didn't even go to school for that. He studied undergrad. He was pre-med and then he went to business school. So how did he become so good at basement engineering? This is just like. I think it's about being scrappy. I think it's about yeah. like, he, he was raised in a family with three sisters and himself. Yeah. Um, and they were by no means broke. Like they were good. They were like yeah. totally comfortable, right? They were a hundred percent upper middle class, but uh, still like that's a lot of mouths to feed. That's a lot to go around, right? Like for Christmas, they all, uh, their parents were pretty uh, hard edge in the sense that like, they had to earn money to buy their siblings Christmas presents. Oh God. Like from like age 10. That changes from like, yay, Christmas people give me things to like an RPG where you have to like earn gold right. to get gifts for your sister and a fetch quest. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But like it's real life. And so they would do chores around the house and stuff. Right. But like still it's like, I think they were trying to instill this stuff in them. And so like his dad had a shop in the basement. I think this is the other thing, right? Like 
50 years, everyone had a workshop in their basement. People fixed things around their own houses, right? That was like normal, right? Unless you were like ultra mega wealthy, mm. you just fixed your own stuff. These days, I feel like most people are just like, uh, I'm not great at that. I'm going to yeah. call a guy. Pass grab it. That's what yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that's worth it if it's like truly outside of your skill set and you're like, if it's going to be expensive to mess it up, yeah, maybe it's worth hiring somebody. But if it's just time and you could learn it from a YouTube video, literally from a YouTube video, learn it. They're like, there's nothing stopping you. It's not that hard, right? My brother and my dad like changed out a bunch of parts on a car all from YouTube videos, right? Wow. Cause like the minivan like broke at one point and they were like, well, we gotta switch out the belt. We gotta change this thing. And they were like, we could take it to a shop but it's gonna cost like four grand and the minivan isn't worth that much. Uh, but it's worth that much to us. And if we do it, it's going to cost us like 500 bucks. This is the point you made earlier on as a maker. You have yeah. a competitive advantage in videos. It's sort of this self-empowerment theme. You're just a maker. Like you can do this yourself. Like you don't have mm -hmm. to wait and pay someone else. And so that case with the van or the vehicle, it might not be worth it for others to fix, but it's worth it for you because it's not that a big was, deal for you to do it. That was what I was always trying to do. Like you talk about icicle murder weapon, right? As being one of the first videos that you saw on mine. Wow. That video was produced on a budget of under $200. It's a great video. Right? And I think it's trash now. Like I watch it, I don't wow. think it's bad, but like I watch it and I'm like, wow, my production now is so much better. Mm. But the fact that it's as good as it was for less than like $250, like the only thing I had to buy for that video was like silicone mold making stuff, a piece of PVC pipe, and like a wooden dowel rod, which I think I found in my dad's basement. You're <laughs> just like, that's literally RPG quest, like acquired piece of wood exactly. from the basement. Exactly. It's like Minecraft. It's like Minecraft. <laughs> Basically. It's like, grab these elements and then make this thing, right? Cast this silicone mold. Okay, yep, I have a freezer already, right? And so you're making this entire video. I have the camera already. Um, and if, so, A, nobody else would do that, but like, if you were gonna hire somebody to make you a custom silicone mold, that's gonna cost you $500. Yeah. Just for one mold. And that's a really high barrier when you're just starting out as a creator and you're like, let me try this concept. And I always wanted to punch above my weight class. Like my yeah. idol for a long time was Jimmy um, when I was coming out. Cause I, I remember him blowing up. I've been subscribed to him since he had like 50K. I was here with Mr. Beast since the OG days. I was with Mr. Beast since Worst Intros, which are now deleted from his oh, channel. Oh yeah, that's totally gone. Yeah, yeah, that's way back though, right? That's yeah. it. That's how you know. That's wow. how you know I've been around. Real ones, no. Yeah. Um, but like... I remember those videos and I remember him like, then he started doing like, can a can, can a wall of, you know, a hundred thousand magnets catch a cannonball. Right. Right. That kind of shower thought video. And I'm like, well, I don't have money for a cannon, but what I do have is money for a slingshot. And you know, I don't have money for magnets, but I maybe don't need them. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. okay, so what can I do? You know, I would think of like the, all right, here's the $3,000 idea right? Where I buy a ton of Orbeez. Um, that's a later idea. And I would push that off to the side. And then I would be like, what could I do that's kind of in that vein, but isn't going to cost that much. Right. And so the chicken slapper was one of those ideas. I did the entire chicken slapper video minus the motor that I bought at the end for the finale. Cause I was like, this is a banger. And at that point I had had like yeah. some of the streams on Reddit pop off. I was like, but that whole machine was built with a, uh, that was a motor that I got for free from my dad that they ripped out of an old treadmill. Um, and then, you know, it was maybe $80 worth of wood 
and a couple of bearings. Incredible. And, you know, my dad and I kind of designed it a little bit together. Right? If someone yeah. else wanted to do that video, you would hire somebody to oh, build yeah. you these It'd machines. Be really hard. Right. For those of you who don't know, Lewis cooked a chicken by spanking it sufficiently enough times, quickly enough, with enough force that the mere friction. Inside that, the turkey. It's internal friction. Yes. Yeah. It was enough to, to cook produce it. it. I mean, this is to your earlier point, to a temperature that didn't kill you. Exactly. Did you employ the three shots precaution? No, I didn't. I didn't know about that at the time. <laughs> to be honest, at that point, I thought I had to get it even hotter, but I just read that it was like, oh, 135 is good. And <laughs> You're still alive. I'm still alive. Well, I didn't eat that one. <laughs> I would have, but uh, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I think your channel would die, Lewis, if you died. So I don't think so. I honestly, I think that I could hand it over to the task force um, as long as they had the budget to do it. What an expression of trust. I God think that damn. would be my best, my best hope would be handing it to my brother who is secretly super good at building things, but is a hardcore. Wait, have we seen him on camera? Not yet, but he's coming in a couple of videos. Ooh, what's he his name? Me over this, Will. Will Weiss. Will Weiss. WW. I am the one who knocks vibes. Yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. I love Will. He thinks some of my stuff is insane, but like. Is he older or younger? He is younger. He's younger by three years, one month, and one day. So you, your brother, your dad, working on creating and making from an early age. Do you remember what was the first thing you made with your dad that you can point to in having a significant contribution in helping? Oh, a significant contribution? I don't know. I was going to say a couple of shows have like asked me like, hey, we want you to audition for this. And I was like, okay, maybe. And uh, I sent them, there's a really old video of me helping my dad screw nails into the deck at like age three or screw, uh, sorry, screw screws into the deck at wow. age three. I'm like holding the drill, but I can't quite push the trigger. <laughs> so I'm just like, Meep. but I guess a significant contribution. I think one of the first projects we did together that I remember was like when I started really getting into these like YouTube DIY projects and I made a... Uh, a little tiny fireball launcher out of an Altoids tin. Um, and it's literally just Wait, batteries. Like, like of fireballs, like balls of fire. Tiny, like tiny flames. Ones. It's flash paper, if you know what that is. Yeah, I remember all the kids in high school threw a flash, these little like strips that would just like explode and sparkle, yeah. Exactly, it was like that. Um, but it was inside a thing, and so the heat would expand it and would push it out and it go. And this is what, in middle school, high school? Middle school. <laughs> As a five-year-old. <laughs> um, I guess the other project that my dad and I did together was uh, there was this awesome mini crossbow that uh, a jeweler made. This is an old video. It's got to be like eight to 10 years old now. Um, and I can remember the music, but like it was sick. I wanted one so bad. You couldn't buy one. A crossbow. Tiny, tiny, this big, pennant sized. And I was like, I want to do that. And so we built one for maybe like definitely less than a hundred bucks, like definitely less than 80 bucks. We went to the store, we bought some aluminum. Wow. Right. And I was like, I remember building that and being like, this is amazing. Right. And that was like one of the first times I learned where to like get small amounts of parts, right. Or specific materials. Mm. You can kind of scavenge at like Home Depot, right? Like if you need spring steel, you normally have to buy a sheet mm. from a supplier. That's going to cost way more money and you don't need that much. Mm. But if you go to Home Depot and you buy a putty knife, those are made out of spring steel. So you can get this tiny sample size. You really are living the IRL video game loot. These and skills are all skills I learned mechanic. from my dad. Yeah. 
what is your, you, you mentioned your dad like studied like business, business, but like his dad had obviously had like a little workshop. If his first, dad was a lawyer, <laughs> his dad was a lawyer. So like, all right, like the Weiss clan is just like these white collar ninjas. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like I got to ask if there's, would you, would you have a son or a daughter? Would you have a kid in the future? Uh, maybe. And yeah. if so, will, I've definitely considered it. Will the family tradition be carried on? A hundred. Yeah, I would say this. If I have a kid, I will 100% have a workshop and I will teach them to use tools because I think it's one of the like saddest things about my generation. Um, is that like from a technical, like working with your hands perspective, I feel like so many of us are useless. Like, like don't know how to use tools yeah, or we're just never taught. Right. right. Um, and so like, like they'll go, they're like, I need a drill and they'll go buy a drill. But then they're like, I barely know how to use this drill. And I'm like, okay, then like learn, like, it's not, it's not crazy hard, but you do kind of need, it's like with a lot of fields, I feel like you learn a baseline set of skills. I knew almost nothing when I started mm. building things for my YouTube channel, but I knew enough Right. I was comfortable in the workshop. I was comfortable with the table. saw. I was comfortable with enough to like learn enough to like get better. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that there are a lot of fields and there are a lot of like passions where you just need to learn enough to be able to teach yourself more. I like that. Right. And I think that's true of YouTube. It's so interesting. I listen to this. I'm someone who doesn't know how to make anything. <laughs> I'm like the stereotype of the 21st century modern man mm. where like something breaks and I'm like, honey, I will look at Yelp and find someone for you. I right. will put in the Instacart messages. I will hire the mover, but I will not do this myself. Yeah. And now listening to you, I'm like a little inspired. I'm like, well, when the apocalypse happens, I want to be able to make a little jeweled crossbow out of spring steel scavenged from a putty knife. Yeah, like, I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> helpful, but it, it's sort of just like. I want more people to have these skills and I want more people to see them as like. Not. A thing that you do if you're sort of like, I don't know, I think a lot of people see like working with your hands is the thing that you do. Cause like, I don't know, you weren't smart enough for college or whatever. And, uh, I studied data analytics, mm. right? I'm not, I'm not a dumb guy. Um, but like, I think a lot of people see that and they're like, Oh yeah, this is right. Like workmen know how to work with their hands and, uh, you know, everybody else works other jobs to pay those people to do that. Wow. There's like the, you know what I mean? There's like this judgment implicit. It's, and it's not even necessarily a judgment. It's just sort of like, I think people resign themselves to this reality, mm. right? They're like, well, I don't really need that skill. And I'm like, well, but don't you want it? Right. Yeah. Like, and I love hanging out with car guys for that reason, because there are a lot of car guys who spend a ton on cars, but then like crank all the oh, wrenches. They'll get themselves. down and dirty. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you could have a Lamborghini, but you're like, yeah, but I want a new exhaust. And there are guys who, yeah, go to shops and get a custom done. But like, even like, like I love Alex Choi for this reason. He'll go to a shop and get something custom, yeah. but he will also work on his Miata himself, right? Like his most recent car acquisition wasn't a Lambo. It wasn't like some expense. It wasn't a McLaren. It was a, you know, 1997 Miata, wow. which everybody can get. You can get a Miata for like under five grand. Yeah. The point that you made earlier, well, 
you're a maker, but you studied data analytics and you mentioned in school not feeling cool because you were a theater kid. Yeah. In some ways, YouTube is perfect because you got to make, you got to create, you got to study, analyze your metrics, think about how to do better. And you got to perform. You get to have the flair for the dramatic. You get to show off and not feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And I, I think a lot of YouTubers do actually feel that way. Like, I think a lot of YouTubers, like, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but it's weird that, like, in normal everyday life, sometimes that's seen as, like, weird, right? And it is. If you're 150% on all the time. Well, I think you're right. I think in normal life, especially in high school, it's weird to care so much about something. It is. And it's even harder when that something isn't in the traditional, conventionally attractive areas of like sports, 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 sports. Yeah. Let's do sports. Yeah. Or, or your sport is tennis like me. Yeah, totally. Oh man. Oh, I wish you were staying longer. We could actually go play football. I, yeah, I a hundred percent would. I yeah. just, I'm never here on weekends if I'm not doing something, but yeah, one of these sense. weekends I'll come out. I feel like for me in high school, I was, first of all, obviously I studied really hard. I yeah. am. Asian. <laughs> this is a very important part of my existence. Yeah. But for me, like the fun thing was like debate. Like I love doing like mock trial and model Congress and mm. model United Nations. And that stuff's cool. Like I wish I had done some of that stuff. I don't know if it's cool. It's not like cool, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's cool. It's interesting. And there is that opportunity to use a little bit of that creative dramatic energy. Right. I think similar to you, I actually do enjoy i'm realizing this now so i actually do enjoy being on camera and that feels mm -hmm. so self-indulgent to say and i'm mm -hmm. like no you know what i accept this and in all of my previous pieces of work i always found a way to channel that right in debate right yeah. as a consultant as a product manager and now i'm like oh actually this raw just like ways of getting at this urge to be like yeah i want to feel seen i want to feel heard yeah yeah 100 percent and I think that's normal, right? Like, I think that's a normal human desire. Um, and I think when it comes to YouTube, right, if you want to be seen and heard on YouTube or as a creator, even short form, you just have to find your unique perspective, yeah. your unique voice. And for me, I think it's become this like adventure maker thing, right? Yeah. Um, and it took, it's taken me doing this two years full time to figure out that like, that's what's going to not make me burn out is building things that when they're done, I'm still enjoying them. Like I yeah. love the chicken videos. They're super funny. Um, but the Turkey slapper almost burned me out. Wow. Because that was like, I mean, it was on and off, but it was still over time. It was almost a three month process. There was this giant event at the end. Um, you know, the project file was over 40 hours oh my gosh. of footage, like linear at least. Um, and that's scary to stare down that timeline and be like, shoot, I have to edit all this. So you edit yourself. No, I'm hiring an editor right mm. now. Um, but this was a weird gap. And I was also, I was considering hand editing this anyway. Cause I was like, yeah. this is, this has to be my baby. It's a big deal. But like the thing that's hard about that video isn't just that. It's also that the machine is not fun to use. It's fun to watch. It's mm. a lot of fun to watch. It's good to consume as a viewer. It's great to consume as, as a viewer, maker. but like, you know, I never get to talk about the fact that, uh, that machine is so deafeningly loud that, uh, 
you can't, especially the turkey one, it's even louder. You can't walk in that room without wearing ear protection. Not because it's like, oh, I'll hurt my ears, I'll get tinnitus. Uh, you feel physical pain. Oh my God. Like, you're like, oh my God, I can't be in here. This is, this is day like when you see in the comics, people make like sound wave weapons or like what the military uses to like torture people from afar. You literally feel physical pressure from walking into that workroom. Yeah. Almost. I mean, it's like, this is a piece of industrial machinery that I built in my, like with my hands. And that's terrifying. Those pistons are moving up and down 20 times a second. To spank that turkey. To hit the turkey. Because the turkey is way more thermal mass than a chicken. And you have to cook it fast enough that it doesn't spoil. Oh, wow. So, right, because it's like four times as big. A chicken's like four pounds. A turkey's like 12. Okay, that's three times. But mm. you see my point, right? There's so much more to get at, right? You so have we to had to spank it so much it. harder. You have to hit it so much harder. We had an industrial air compressor outside that burned 10 gallons of diesel over the three hours that we were cooking this thing. Actually insane. Isn't that ridiculous? Like, yeah. so it's horrible for the earth, but you know, it's great for content, but, and that's kind of the point. Right. Um, but it's sort of like, what's amazing about those videos to people, like, I'm kind of glad that the last one only got a million of views, right? And people will continue right. watching. Cause Chicken Slapper got over 10. Chicken Slapper and the sequel both got over 10. And I was just like, please not again, because if it gets over, like, you know, if it gets over 8 million views, I'm going to want to do another You're going to feel like, okay, people really want to see this. Yeah, I want to keep seeing this. And I'm glad that like, I've now had other videos that were more successful. Mm. Like one of my favorites is, um, probably my favorite video that I've made to date is either jet sled versus 50 miles of ice, which was in the angle. Um, just cause that thing was so fun to use. And the, and the adventure was cool. And I think the other one probably has to be like, like from a produced finished video, yeah. I think one of the best videos I've ever made is, uh, it's called risking my life to beat a speed record. Um, but it's the jet powered radio flyer wagon. Wow. Cause so much went wrong and so much went right. And it was just like the perfect storm. And this video, like it didn't take off right away but the retention was insane. It's the highest retention I think I've ever had on a wow. video. It was something like 65% retention for like the first whole week. Mm. Um, and so it, it eventually got to like 1.2 mil and it keeps getting views. Like it keep, people keep watching that thing. Um, you know, I have seen, since I bought a jet engine, I have watched other YouTubers buy jet engines because they're like, this is a hack to get views. And I'm like, mm. it is, but only if you do something cool with it. Like people will click on it for right. the jet, but you still have to the make routine. a really great video. I like that. So I call it the jet meta. <laughs> Speaking of yes, the jet meta and metas in general, I want to get a little bit more personal and intimate with you. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So you're familiar with the game. We're not really strangers. For those of you who don't know, it's all questions about vulnerability and reciprocity. The New York Times wrote a study about this where they put randomly selected pairs of people going through these questions and many of those pairs became friends at the end and one pair got married. That's good because we hate each other right now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> We're like enemies. But that's what will make it all the more special exactly. to get to know you mm -hmm. just a little bit deeper. So the way this starts, do you remember? No, no clue. Eye contact. So we're going to make intimate eye contact with each other. And the first person to look away or blink 
they have to draw the first card. Okay. When do we start? Three, two, one, go. I'm trying to determine what eye I'm supposed to be looking at. <laughs> also, you have a beautiful shade of like grayish blue eyes. Thank you. As someone who's just Asian, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Thank you. Do, you. do your brother and dad have that yeah, as well? My whole family. Oh God, those genetics. Yeah. I feel like again in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. The gray-eyed ones will be known by all as safe havens and makers able oh to support God. you on your journey. <laughs> all right, level one. What do you think is the hardest part of what I do for a living? Hmm. It's about you? Yes. And then, you know, I'll answer it for you as well. Just okay, to make it fun. Okay. Um... I think in some ways it's probably it's probably existential. It's not the like physical labor. I think it's um I think the hardest part is like probably continually believing in the idea that uh cuz you run carrot, right? You run this startup for creators. So you have to constantly not only believe in your company's idea, you have to believe in the creator economy as a whole that that's going to stick around and that people are going to want to continue buying into it, right? They're going to want to continue being part of this uh, to the point that one day, right? Because you've talked about becoming the bank for creators. And I think that's an incredible idea. It's a really good idea. It's a needed idea. And uh, it's hard and it's scary. Yeah. You know, um, that's my guess. That's really well said. <laughs> like, let me put this way. Building a bank for creators doesn't matter if there aren't that many creators. Yeah, if there aren't enough creators. They don't need a bank. Right. <laughs> I'm a big believer when it comes to doing anything new, there's like a couple different types of risk you can take. One is execution risk. Hey, you know the concept is good, that the need is there. It's just a question of can you do it better than anybody else, right? If I came mm. to you and said, build a better mousetrap. That's the classic term, right? Mm. Well, everyone needs mousetraps, but is yours going to be better? Funny thing, you being you, I think your mousetrap would be insanely better. And but it'd also be expensive. <laughs> that's the hard part about mousetraps, right? And that's, and that's true of Carrot, too. Like, I think one of the things that's one of your big advantages is that you're taking on a sector that is extremely institutionalized and yes. so slow-moving. Yeah. So slow moving. And so you're like, we're becoming a bank for creators and there's no like Facebook trying to swoop in and steal your thunder. Right. right? Like, uh, be real comes out Instagram immediately as a feature yeah. where you can see your own face. Uh, whereas you guys, there's no bank that's gonna be like, man, we it's need to hard. take that idea. Yeah. And even if they wanted to the execution, so much of it is around just being really good at understanding creators, building mm -hmm. trust and that's not something you just copy and paste. No, so you're absolutely. Right. The second type of risk, and this is what you're alluding to, it's market risk. Is this even going to be a thing? That's like AR, VR, cannabis, the metaverse, mm -hmm. crypto, creators. So I fundamentally truly believe what we've talked about, this phenomenon of, hey, actually YouTubers are just people who are just super passionate about what they do. In this mm -hmm. day and age, they found a way to share it with each other, make a living. 
I have to believe like this is going to change the world. Like this will be Jack Connick from Patreon uses this term. This will be like the second Renaissance, right? Like the first Renaissance was a collection of people creating in a way that was impossible before, like the printing press, getting to share knowledge, inspire others. It's like, Oh, we're going to enter another era of that around content because it'll get progressively easier. I do believe that that's why I'm doing carrot. Yeah. But I also have to believe that in order for us to succeed. Yeah. You a hundred percent. Yeah. And you have to believe it so hard because there are always in any one of these fields going to be people who are like, this is going to be dead in 10 years. Oh, totally. Oh, it's niche. Yeah. It doesn't feel niche because it's getting so big. Yeah. But it's like, like there are enough people doing this for a living now that like in any city on the planet, there's at least one person. Yes. And there are probably more. There are probably like at least a hundred people. It's a growing industry. You just don't know them. Right. Um, but it's still new. You might have remembered it Mr. Is. Beast started a college course teaching students yes. how yeah. to be creators, how to be editors, how to be producers. Mm-hmm. And part of it, he's thinking the long term, he needs to grow his own talent pool because it's so still new that there actually aren't that many editors yeah. or thumbnail artists. Hayden talked about this. Hayden Hillier yeah. Smith. He's like, there are, the economy is expanding so fast. There will not be enough editors to yes. edit the footage being produced. Yeah. It's a growth field. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are watching, you should check Become it out. an editor. <laughs> Come at it. Um, so I think, I think for you, the hardest part of what you do for a living, I think you touched upon it when you talk about the turkey slapper video. Not only is there the sheer physicality mm-hmm. of what you do, you're actually making something and things can go wrong. It's things also wrong the balance. The oh, yeah. And... The fact that you are still here in one piece mentally and physically sound and safe is in itself an achievement. Yeah. And I mean, I do my fair share of risky stuff, partly because one of the things that I love about YouTube is uh, how real and how raw it is. And I think that if I manufacture risk too much, it it stops feeling real. You don't even need to for your work because there is risk. I don't. Yeah, yeah. But like... There, you know, it's again, there are two kinds of risk, right? right. There's physical risk. Um, like if I'm doing something like a jet powered vehicle, that is, that's what gets me out of bed. But it's also like, I'm making it look more dangerous than it is on camera, but mm. only a little bit, mm. right? I'm taking as good of precautions as I can. I like to say that I would never do anything that I don't feel 99.9% confident mm. I am walking away from in one piece at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But there is always that 0.1% chance, right? Right. Or 0.01% chance that like, I don't know, I'm going 45 miles an hour on a jet powered wagon. And not only does like a wheel break, which did happen, mm. um, but that was fine. Right. I stopped, I pulled over. It was all good. But like, maybe an axle breaks, right? The axle breaks and the whole thing falls off. And now that digs into the ground. And instead of me falling off the wagon in a way that I was able to expect, even though I'm wearing a neck brace and a helmet and everything in a full suit, I go flying 10 feet into the air God. and come down straight on my head, which the odds of that happening are extremely low, but possible, but it's possible. You know, you, uh, I, I'm trying to not get too far into speed record territory. Cause you read about these guys and they like, Wow. There aren't a lot of speed. There are not a lot of overall speed record holders who are still with us. Mm. Um, there are some, 
but not a lot, you Put know, it this way. I wouldn't want to insure a speedrunner in this. Way. No, no. But then the other thing is, um, there's also like production risk. And that's the part that like that does get in the videos, but that's a very different. What, what do you mean by risk. production risk? Like this week we were delivering this world's largest pizza cutter to Eric. Right. Um, and I always build stuff right before because I never have anywhere to store anything. So we were like, okay, cool. The events on Wednesday, we need to have it for Wednesday. And they're like, actually, if you want to shoot the reactions, that has to be on Tuesday. Mm. We found this out Sunday night. Do you have like, one and a half days to two days to make this. So we had 24 hours to get it from where it was to what we thought we had two days. Wow. So we pulled an all nighter to get it there. That's insane. I was like half falling asleep, driving this thing into U-Haul down. That is scary. Yeah. 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 It was, it was terrifying, but we got it. We pulled it off and it was amazing and everybody loved it. But that's one of those things where you're like, this is going to make a great video. But if you weren't doing it for YouTube, you would never do it. You'd be like, well, no shot. Well, I think that goes to the other point. It's not just the physicality, the danger to potentially you, or even the production risk. Am I going to make this happen? There's mm-hmm. also the, is this what I really want to make? There's yeah. like this weird overlap between what my viewers want to see, what I want to do. Call it and Samir. Yes, exactly. The artist versus the algorithm. Mm-hmm. But it's almost another level when you're a maker because you're like making this actual physical thing. And you just mm-hmm. said, you're like, in a way, thank God the Turkey Slapper video only did like a million, million views. Because yeah. now you got to focus more on the adventure side. Right. And I, and I don't have to feel like I'm passing up, you know, this yeah. totally untapped area. Right. Because uh, I've already made some of these adventure videos and they're good. And I've thought about ways to broaden them. Um, I have a video that's already shot. Nobody steal this idea. It's already shot. It's coming out. You're not going to beat me to it. Um, Lewis is first. This is recorded. Uh, but yeah, so this will be my first public mention of this, really. I built a boat out of nothing but duct tape. <laughs> nothing. And then we took it down the lower half, which is the more advanced half. Um, so it's, you know, rafting class three to five. Like class five rapids are the hardest normally navigated rapids. Um, and we took it through three or four class five rapids because the water was high that day. Um, in a boat made of, I remind you, 100% duct tape. That's insane. And we made it. And it was awesome. I love how you're like, we made it. As if I'm just speaking to the ghost, <laughs> the former person known as Lewis no, Weiss. Well, I mean, it could have been like completely shredded on a rock. And right. like we didn't make like it, it all worked. the way down. It worked. Yeah, it worked. Right? Um, my biggest fear about that video that is, is that not enough went wrong. Oh my gosh. Because in a weird way, that invites drama and viewership and engagement. So I'm trying to do a little bit more pre-planning for that reason to try to mitigate some of that risk. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like, as a maker, you want to be safe. As a YouTuber, you want to add some dramatic stakes and tension to make yes. there a narrative, how exactly. hard this was, how scary this could have been. And I want it to feel real. So what I'm going to try to start doing is basically planning scenarios within each video, right? I used to just plan one scenario and that was the video. Right. But now I want to plan scenarios within. It's like a little bit of like allowed controlled chaos to be like, Mm -hmm. this is probably not going to kill me, but let's see what happens. Yeah. Like one thing we did, and this was just, you know, for fun, but I was like, yeah, that'll be good. Is I basically, I wanted to have a regular rafting trip. Yeah. Right. I wanted to have a real rafting trip. And on a rafting trip, if you go guided, like you'll get halfway through and then it's like, yep, this is jump rock. Let's all do a cliff jump. Right. Uh, and so we do that in the video, right? And that'll be cool. And it'll break up just the traveling down the river. It'll be like, yup, it's these four guys having a great day on the river in 
And like, we're just having a great day, but you're mentally the whole time. You're like, wait a minute, that boat's still made out of duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. They're with guides in real boats, but their boat is a hundred percent made out of duct tape. And if they don't take a hard enough left turn at this rapid, wow. they will be shredded. What's the most scared you've ever been in doing a video? Um, I think I get to a point where something is so scary that it's not scary to me anymore. Um, I'm mostly the most scared when I think I'm not going to complete a mission. Right. So it's like a production POV. It's a production POV that really scares me. But I would say the scariest thing, the scariest single moment. um, I was doing some early speed tests on my jet bike Hmm. and we were going, I was going about 30 and I was like, what happens if I widen my legs? And the bike started to wobble hard. And I brought him back in and I was fine. But there was a moment in my head where I was like, I almost wiped out going 30 miles an hour on a thing with two fuel tanks and a jet engine on the back. And we ended up going 70, right? But having that experience at the low speed, and this is what I say by like, I ramped myself up. I only show the 75, 70 mile an hour run in the video but I did a 20 mile an hour run. I did a 30 mile an hour run. I did 40, 50, 60. I made sure that I was in the flattest possible part of that landscape, right? Because I'm like, so much can go wrong. I need to know exactly what I'm riding over. I need to know exactly how to compensate for it. And I'm not like, you don't look at me and think, wow, this guy's an athlete. Um, you might not know it, but this is actually what peak male performance looks like. This is peak male performance. Thank you. A fair point taken. Um, and I mean, a lot of it is there, there's so much machinery involved, right? So I'm not like that kind of an athlete, but like race car drivers are athletes. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Um, you can do that. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. We have this weird idea. I actually had this weird idea with a friend or like, what if we make a couch with two handbrakes on either side and then we drive it down a mountain? Oh, that would be, that would be so fun. <laughs> we rode, we rode a couch down a mountain, right? I built the world's fastest couch <laughs> and rode it down a mountain. That would be cool. That would be crazy. <laughs> Elliot Choi actually had a video, or, or I think maybe around Christmas, where he was riding Christmas trees around New York City. That's awesome. He like strapped it to like a boosted board or something. That's and, like, fun. They were riding and traveling. That was fun. It was cool. But this is taking it to another level. Oh, that's giving me an idea. I should do like, well, I do kind of want to do the sled from Elf one year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Because they have a jet on the bottom yeah. of that thing. That I think would be a lot of fun. I feel like I'm hearing the future videos and I'm already excited. Yeah. Well, I have so many ideas. I almost feel like I'm not leaking them. Right. And we have some stuff that's well, it also goes to your earlier point. Even if other people know the concept, are they going to be able to do it? Right. They're a, they're a very small handful. Of the, the reason I knew that no one was going to beat my pizza cutter is because they're a very small handful of people like, who have the combination I, I can of think budget of like and skill. Five YouTubers maybe who could have and maybe were interested, maybe not even. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And are they going to make it right? Exactly. Like William Osmond, Michael Reeves, a backyard scientist. I love I, those guys, I, but I they don't a, do that. I did stuff. a thing. They don't yeah. do that stuff. That's not what they want to be doing. Yeah. Um, and I respect that, you know, and I love those guys. Um, but I know they're not going to take that from me. Right. Um, and so it's sort of like, how do I find my way and separate myself from them? And at the same time, also separate myself from just being like an Eric or, a. um, uh, Ryan Trahan clone, right? You know, or a Mr. Beast clone, um, and it's hard, right? Because I'm, and I think that's one of the hardest things. You look at my channel, and a lot of times, like all of, like these huge banger videos, and then I'll put out a video that gets like 
you know, 200,000 views. Right. I have noticed you have volatility yeah. in your viewership. And it's because I experiment, I would say too much, mm. but it has taught me what I like. And I really feel like 2023 is the year. I think, you know, uh, my goal for the year is just a million uh, yeah. subscribers. We're at 700,000. We're at 720 right now. 720. But I really think that I found what I like doing yeah. and that's making it easier to make more content. And I think that that will start to, it'll start to make it so that I can define my brand as this guy who's like building an insane thing and having an adventure on it. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be a hundred percent built by me. I, I like it because you sort of described the transition in your content. I think your content today has elements of the maker piece, the adventure piece, the shower thoughts element, mm -hmm. and then some of those air rack, Mr. Beast ish yeah. style concepts. Right. And I, I've seen like, for example, you had a video that I say is a little less heavy on the maker side and more the shower thought Eric side. Like how many cooks can you fit in a kitchen? That was right? crazy. That video flopped. Right. That video flopped, but it was awesome and people do like it. Yeah, it was different. It was really different. And you, in a way, it's fine if it flops because you're globally maximizing. You're trying different things. Right. And now you're like for 2023, like I'm the maker adventurer. Right. Now I've tried out, you know, 24 to 30 different concepts and I've kind of figured out what's working really well. And I think that the, the truth is it's not the jet engine that gets people to click. It's the fact that a jet engine is easy to understand. That's why I think duct tape boat is such a banger. If I tell you duct tape boat versus deadly rapids, yeah. you're like, who is this guy? That's insane. First of all, second of all, I immediately understand what the stakes are, yeah. what's happening in this video, and I know what I'm going to get by clicking on it. And I think that's like the weakest thing about something like Too Many Cooks is mm. it's too hard to communicate. It's such a big idea. It's such a broad it's idea. It's a very smart idea. It's really smart. Right? It's but like, it only oh, appeals to those you people. Yeah, saying too many cooks in the kitchen. Let's find out exactly what that is. Exactly. A lot of people, they haven't even heard of the saying. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I love it. Yeah. I think it's an awesome I video. I like it, but it's super masses. funny. Go watch it if you haven't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, 100%. 100%. And, uh, you know, but then I did a Ryan Trahan idea. And this was how I learned that I don't have to build like a jet engine for everything. Like I got, um, I was like, what can I do that's a little bit more sciencey? I was like, I can take a Trahan idea and do it from my perspective as like kind of a nerd. And then you're going to get this unique combination of these relatable things that everyone can understand. You're just living a day, but I'm talking about stuff that probably wouldn't come up in the Ryan video, right? Like right. one thing that I feature really in this video is we did a, I don't say it in the video cause it was branded by the Marines, but, uh, we actually drink. Oh, this is, this is the, I joined the Marines video. No, 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 no. Oh, different one. Uh, it was, um, I survived 50 hours in thermal vision. Mm, yep. We, we rented oh, this $5,000 thermal camera. I can see the, I see the Ryan camera. influence immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like the VR, AR videos. But the thermal vision isn't something he would do necessarily, right, right. right? And so one of my favorite scenes in that video is uh, this guy in a bar breathes fire oh, right out cool. of his mouth, which looks cool. But the cool part about it is that the air heats up and that raises to the ceiling and you can watch the heat spread mm. across the ceiling in the rafters. The scientific explanation behind it. Do you it. see? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's a unique perspective only. It's the you can invisible give. stuff. That's what you want to see in thermal vision. Right. right. 
And so it's like, how do you get this to appeal to a broad <laughs> I audience? suppose like, oh, it's like a human, but he's like red. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's something I would have missed if I hadn't been doing this. And so my audience liked it, but the thumbnail I put out initially wasn't Trahan enough. And so that broader audience didn't quite see it. Right. And then I switched the thumbnail and like almost overnight, bang, this video wow. popped right from like 150,000 to like 500,000 views. And so what was the thumbnail initially? And what's the thumbnail now? It was, it was my POV with two hands out in front and on the left is real life and the right is thermal vision. Mm. Now it's me walking across a road with a car coming. Um, and on the left is me in real life and on the right is thermal right, vision. Cause you've added the car. Uh, it's not about that. It's mm. it's that it's third person now, right? You're seeing it from oh, an outsider perspective versus gotcha. this, which is harder to understand. Yeah. So the simplicity, it also, you know, you mentioned, I also added, yeah. uh, it says seeing heat, right? That helps too. And, like seeing heat or duct tape boat, icicle murder weapon. You know. There's like a very clear communicable concept there. It's a sort of pitch and script like in Hollywood. It's called like a high concept film. Mm-hmm. Like just hearing about it. Like Truman Show, like a man who's watched 24-7 in a reality show and he doesn't know. You know anything else? And you're like, that's cool. Right, you and understand. I, exactly. When I'm like jet powered bike. It's also interesting because, again, our favorite friends Colin and Samir. <laughs> They also made a video about this where they talk about like, what type of creator are you? Are you like a content concept focused creator mm-hmm. or is it about you and your personality? I'm trying to introduce more of my personality, but first I need to know what my lane is. Yeah. And so I think that's where I've kind of landed. And now that I'm doing more of these adventure style videos, that adventure aspect is allowing me to introduce more of that. Yeah. To get, right. To show them who you are. Like something I want to do in the angle this year is I want to go ice fishing. Oh, that'd be cool. Right. I want to go, I, I and I want to camp in the middle of the ice. Wow. So like, that's, first of all, that's gnarly. Yeah. It is like minus 10 out there. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna need a four season 10. We're gonna need crazy sleeping bags, but like, isn't that so cool? That's something that nobody does. And yeah. because it's something nobody does, you want to see it. You want to like have that experience secondhand. You kind of, <laughs> Louis, you kind of just, it's so interesting. You push yourself to extremes, which some other creators do, yeah. but there's obviously like interesting, like you can also just make things that normal people can't yeah. in a way. You're almost like Rick from Rick and Morty. And it's <laughs> like, you could just go on these like crazy scientist hijinks often build around these like things you can make that no one else can. Yeah. Basically. It's kind I'm of not, incredible. I'm no Rick. Though. Rick right, is, because Rick you're way too smart. you're because you're a real life human being. You're not just going to make a Mr. Meeseeks box because that's magically fantastical and not possible today. Yeah. But you do things that to the average person, like a duct tape boat. Like, see, if you're like Eric, like you have 24 hours or like whatever a week to make a duct tape boat, or like I will kill you at the end if you don't accomplish and achieve this. Yeah, I probably would be dead. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like Eric, who do you hire to make a duct tape boat? Right. I actually don't know. Right? Who do you even hire to do that? The only people to hire are us. Yeah. Yeah. I just call up you and be like, dude, like, uh, can you make a situation? Like, can you say the my answer life? is probably no, unless you're paying me a lot, right? You have to pay me basically the same amount it would cost me to make the video about it. Right. Because it's right? the opportunity cost of not the doing video. The opportunity cost of not doing video else. myself. Have you had creators come and ask you for things and be like, hey, can you make this? I've done one. And it was because it was a build that I had already done that I knew was easy. Uh, what was what was the creator? What was it called? Uh, it was Preston. Oh, Preston Place. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. wanted a Minecraft boat yeah. to take into the Bermuda Triangle. And I was like, that's cool. 
And uh, I did that build years ago and I knew exactly how to do it. So I knew it was exactly like relatively what materials easy, we right? So I said, I'm like, here's what I need. I need $500 worth of materials. I need you to rent this tool, this tool, and this tool. Right. Uh, and I need you to be at the house and I will come down literally the day before we go out on the boat. We will build this thing. We're going to put it in the U-Haul. We're going to get on the boat. Um, and I mostly did it because I was like, this is a free three day Florida vacation. I just have to build I something. Love it. <laughs> uh, and so we went on this like crazy Wait, so mega to, you yacht went, You went to the boat. Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> You're like, I'm not at liberty to disclose. <laughs> I don't think I'm at liberty to disclose this. Uh, I, I doubt his audience watches this podcast, but... Um, all right, point understood. You build a really cool Minecraft boat. The I build built a sick Minecraft boat, and they did take it way out into the ocean. Right. Uh, I, and I, I was asking more because I'm curious. You know how there's that mystery around the Bermuda Triangle? Has that actually ever been resolved? Like, why do people die there? Um, I think the truth is that it's actually not an anomaly. There aren't more deaths there than anywhere oh. else. I remember learning as a kid and it just blew my mind. And even as I grew into yeah. an adult, I was, I was like, ah, unexplained things in this world. They make I try happy. to lean more into that mystery and spirituality yeah. these days. Or like, yeah. do you remember Forrest Fenn had buried treasure? Yeah. It was found. I want to do something like that. Like not day. only, first of all, For, Forrest passed away, like rest in peace. Thank you for yeah. doing this adventure. But second, someone actually found it. And in mm. some ways, like I'm happy someone found it, but I'm also like, it was so cool. Like an unsolved mystique and intrigue. Well, in I love life. Max Fosh too. He's done a couple things like that. Yeah. These videos are always really good. All right. I think we're ready for a level two. Let's do level two. It's your turn to pull. Honestly, listen, we know each other well enough at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? We do. This is really meant as just like a prompt. Is it really? Yeah. Level two connection. Oh, we won't do. Oh yeah. What is it? It's a wild card. Oh, swap we seeds. don't do wild cards. Yeah. Okay. We're not swapping seeds. I we got just good and comfortable here. Oh, that's another wild card. Is it? Yeah. Reminder. It just says, be more interested in understanding others than being understood. Oh, here we go. Finish the sentences. Strangers would describe me as blank. Only I know that I am blank. That's a good one. It is a good one. So finish, finish. You're, you're going to go first this time. Finish oh my the gosh, sentences. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I love how you were just like expectantly. I was like, and that's you. Yeah, yeah. And then you you're like, no, this is you. Waiting. And I'm like, oops. You were just um, like, please, Eric, tell me more. I'm going to assume true strangers, people who don't watch my videos. Um, well, we, we can, we can okay, include right, people right. who watch people your who videos. Watch my videos. Because they're, fine, still, fine, fine. they're still strangers just in a parasocial sure, sense. Maybe sure. they know you I guess better. so. I would say that strangers would describe me as... I think effectively like a mad scientist, right? I, I mean, I assume, you know, like, like a maker creator, right? Like I build things. I think that's what most people think of my channel as. Um, and we've talked about this a lot. I really see myself as an adventurer. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and kind of a jack of all trades. And this is just one of the tools in my chest of drawers. And it's the tool that is the most unique. Because most don't have it. Because most don't have it. And I think that that's the secret to YouTube right now. I'm bringing it back to YouTube already, but it's like the secret to YouTube is like, I used to tell people every maker creator, if you just think about it broadly, they're all doing their own version of Mythbusters and they're picking the aspect of the show that was their favorite and that they're the best at. And that's what they're doing. Wow. Right. Spy blind. That one was just cherry picking. Right. Eric. Uh, he, he mentioned this in his Super Bowl sneaking video. He's like, sneaking into stuff is my superpower. 
He's like, that's what I am better at than almost anybody else on this planet. I can get into anything. He got into the freaking Super Bowl. That is, like, that's part of the... I mean, Dan Bilzeri is just, like... Yeah, but the fact that, like, he can do that... That's the tool. Yeah, It's insane. It's it's an insane tool, right? And it's it's risky, but so is building stuff. I could chop off a hand one day, you know? There are only ways to mitigate risk. There's no way to eliminate risk. It's like Eric could get sued for these things. Yeah, I can't believe that was there. And it's still so if you talked about the pizza. Yeah, I know he did. He brought it up and was like, yeah, I'm still dealing with that. I'm still getting sued for that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's ridiculous. First of all, how many more people know Dan Blazer and his name just because of Eric? Right. right? And it's not even like he did anything like bad. Or did he? I don't know. I don't think I've seen that. Well, he did trespass, but I didn't see the video. It's you know about trespassing. Come on. Into like a private house. Anyways, the point is, I think you're always saying it's like to be an amazing YouTube. Sorry, creator. I shouldn't defend trespassing public. <laughs> trespassing is bad. Don't do it. Maybe, maybe cut that defensive trespassing out. We can, we can edit that part out. We can edit that part out. Editors, please edit that part out. For um, says, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. I, I get it from like a YouTuber perspective though. What oh, it is yeah. is really good content. Yes. Even if they're, and, and you kind of know the risk going in. You know that this isn't allowed. Um, and the question is, can you do it? To me, it's also, who is at risk here? Right. Is it someone else or is it just me? If I'm at risk, I'm willing to take the risk. If others are at risk, you're not. If others are at risk, I won't right. do it. You take it on yourself. Mm-hmm. The best way to be a successful YouTube creator, almost I'm hearing, is like, just like be awesome yourself and then just film it. <laughs> kind of, but it's, that's too broad. I think it's really, find the thing about you that is actually unique. And it, it might not feel unique to you, but it is, right? Like. People now make entire livings on YouTube or TikTok power washing things. Wow. You know what I mean? Like there's power washing YouTube. There's lawn mowing YouTube. There's definitely lawn mowing TikTok, right? And you're like, that is the most boring job of all time. Who would want to watch people incredibly satisfyingly mow lawns? And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that is kind of satisfying to see the lawn go from completely unruly to beautiful. Maybe this is content. I can tell you really enjoy it the way you're discussing. I don't. I, I don't watch you, it. It's like you can see the appeal. But I get it, right? And I think that's the thing. It's recognizing what is viewable about what you do. That makes sense. I spend, my friends sometimes make fun of me because I'll be like watching a YouTube video. I'm watching like Mr. Beast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching like a 50 minute explainer video how the lazy Yu-Gi-Oh card mechanics work. And like, I don't even play Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, I don't even really know what you're talking about, but it's just like something soothing about listening to the scribe. Like, oh, like, this is a pendulum summon. Like, this is how this works. Yeah. It's like, I like this. And this is someone who's so deep into you yeah. mechanics and lore. Yeah. This is our whole life. And it's what they can do better than anybody else can explain. Absolutely. That, that is, I think, the key to being a creator is, is figuring out what your special skill is. Um, Right, and it can be something that most people think is lame or boring because you're gonna make it cool. That's your job. Your job is to make it seem like it's the coolest job on earth. Right, like think about Graham Stephan. Who thought that looking at like stock and like, you know, financial headlines was gonna be like, like pirates look on good content. 
Yeah, dude Dude was like, yeah, but you know what's exciting? Being a millionaire, right? Millionaire house, millionaire at, uh, you know, 30. You're like, how I, how I became a millionaire at age 30. You're like, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm curious about that. Yeah, how did you become a millionaire at age 30? Um, I remember seeing that video, right? And that's the hack. That's like, oh, this is the aspect of my thing, right? And then you bring people in, they get to know you, and now you're like, nah, now I can read you the financial news, and you like me enough that you want to watch it, right? And so I think that's like, that's the secret. It's first, you got to build interest, then you got to build depth, and then you have an audience, then you have a community. So in some ways, that's actually why for a kind of perspective, I like, I mean, this is like the sort of conversation you and I would have anyways, but it helps viewers get a sense of you more fully as a person. First broad, then deep. Exactly. And now this is for those who watch your main channel, now they get to know you a little bit more in depth mm -hmm. as a human. One of the guests we had was this creator named Melissa Ong. And you might- Yeah. Oh wait, you know Melissa. I don't know her well. Um, I know her as being as unhinged in person oh, yeah. as she is. Oh, we were earlier talking about creators. Are they similar or different? She's 100% oh, no, the that's same. That's actually, if, I, if anything, she's I'm more talking. ridiculous. Yeah, like that's actually just who she is. Yeah. She just like films who she is normally. I was at the streamies and she straight up like was like, is this bottle of wine full? And then, and it got posted to like her Insta later. So it like wasn't even, it's she not even like I'm leaking anything. And she just went, cool. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> the funniest thing was because, you know, she has no day. sense of decor. Yeah. She tacked and said, hey. I was like, yeah, I don't think I can reshare this. <laughs> That's as not grand safe. That was super. But like the point I wanted to make was all her content is like extremely on page and chaotic in the way yeah. that she is. But here's the fun thing about her. She's actually a deeply thoughtful, introspective, smart person. Yeah. There are a couple of flips on your podcast with her. Yeah. Like, oh shoot, this is the real Melissa. Yes. It's. Well, they're just as real as the other side. They're just, as what women said, we contain multitudes. They're both equally valid. It's just she always shows one side of her. And you know what she did to blow up, right? Use the step chicken content? Yeah, no, she yeah. Le yeah, she leaned into the fact that she was a meme as a kid. Yeah. That's so smart. Lean into that, right? Don't run away from <laughs> that. That, that's that makes you a meme. That's your superpower. She is the dankest chick po poster. Right, so she started doing that, and then now she built depth. And now she has an audience. Yes. And so she, she has a cult. We, yeah, she has a cult. We were literally talking about because these clips, because she reposted them on her accounts as well. Actually, sometimes the creators who come on, they actually just take the content for themselves. So Melissa, she didn't actually repost the TikToks. We just gave them to her. She just posted them on her TikTok. Hunterbox, yeah. a professional Smash player, actually took her whole video and just put it on his channel. Because cool. both of them, it's like you know Melissa. It's like this funny, chaotic comedian, you know, Hunger Box is like Super Smash Brothers competitor. In a way, it's like, well, there's all this other stuff about them. Oh yeah, 100%, yeah, let's cross post these on Insta. Yeah, I would love to. That's why I'm kind of like, the way I answer this for you is like, strangers would describe you like honestly like, as a YouTuber, right? And it's not only I know, I'm not so, you know, humble, yeah. but like I now realize like, things about you, like at first glance, so like, from a personality perspective, you're actually very strongly opinionated. That was one of the yeah. things I, when I got to know you better, I noticed and I appreciate it because there's so many people you meet and they speak in like generalities or they're afraid to take stiss. Like you actually are fearless about expressing things you like, but also the things you don't like. 
Mm-hmm. I remember very early on. I don't remember. One of the dumbest things I think I ever yeah. did. Sorry. Uh, but it was also like, it's just who I am. Um, and it was meant as a compliment. I basically, I met Matt Pat for the first time. He invited me to be part of his charity thing. Yeah. And that was like, Matt Pat was like an idol of yeah, Matt Pat's forever. Oh my God, dude. I started watching him in like middle slash high school. Like I've been watching him forever. And so to have that full circle moment was crazy. But he's like, yeah, we love your videos. And I'm like, dude, you know what's crazy? Is like one of the theses for like what I was doing was like, I was looking at videos you guys were doing. And I was like, what do I not like about this content that I wish it had, right? And I was like, what can I do better than game theory? And like one of those things was real life testing. I was like, right, so like Squid Game, I tested all the games in real life. If game theory did a how to win Squid Game video, they wouldn't do anything IRL. They would talk about the theory, they would talk about the science, they would do all the detail, but they wouldn't build anything. I want to see it built. And so for me, it's like, this is how I set myself apart. But I said that out loud to Matt Pat. I shouldn't do that. No, but I, I, I love that. And I was, but I think he respected it. Yes. Right? And he wasn't like, that's, he was like, oof. And then he was like, but that's smart. Yeah. It's like, oh, Lewis isn't just a fan. Yeah. I remember it's such a deep love that I'm willing to criticize it. One of the first conversations I had, and you were like actually getting no shot. I don't remember who, but we're talking about like a YouTuber career where like Noah Common. And you were just like, yeah, I don't think their content is good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait, no, I remember. I know exactly who it is, but I don't want to talk about okay, it. Okay, it's fine. We're not going to back. I remember another example. We were on the podcast with the Sia photo. Yeah. And he was talking about how he's obviously going a lot more into long form content for doing short form. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like I'm working on it. Like, Luz, what do you think? And Luz, you were like, it could be better. Yeah. <laughs> it could. No, it could. Well, I mean, and he's gotten a lot better. He's gotten super good. But one of the first criticisms that I gave him is I was like, dude, this video's not bad, but it's just a long TikTok. That's literally what you said. I remember being blown away because like, we're all friends, right? We're all friendly. Yeah. We all know each other. Yeah. But it's so rare to find someone who's just like, well, if I don't tell you, you're never going to be able to no, improve. And that's wild because, you know, I grew up being really scared feedback, interpreting it. It's like, oh, someone is hurting my feelings and going after me. Now I'm learning to appreciate Feedback is what people do when they actually give a sh. They actually love you. you. Yes, yes. Otherwise, why do they share it? Right. Like sharing feedback is hard. You don't know how they're gonna take it. Mm-hmm. So if they're sharing it, it's because they actually care. I want to watch you succeed in their relationship. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, and so obviously you and say are friends. We collaborated before, and I was like, wow. Well, I was like, what a beautiful moment. You're just like, yeah. I say, like, I think this is very. So it's like, yeah. No, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And I love that because. Again, I mean, there are many more things I've noticed about you, but I was one of the first, I was like, oh, like, Lewis is actually, like, really strongly opinionated. Yeah. Only on things that I feel like I know something. Yeah, no, and you're not doing it to be because you actually care. Yeah. I think about this story, and I've shared this before, but one of my favorite philosophers is this Greek guy named Diogenes. And yeah. are you familiar with him? A little bit. So, well, <laughs> the reference most people I know is the DC superhero, Green Lantern. Yeah, oh, some actually nice. based off of like have has anyone ever wondered like you've probably seen the Ryan Reynolds movie or like no from the comics like why is it like a lantern like green lantern like what why like a lantern yeah so Diogenes he actually would walk around Athens like naked or looking yeah yeah over, and he carried around a lantern oh. and he hold it up to everyone as he passed like he's just being like a troll he's basically being a YouTuber in a way like this is great content like he's right right he's like this is banger fun he's doing it for the viewership. 
And people are like, why are you doing this? And he's like, I'm just looking for an honest man. Wow, that's crazy. And so I feel, that's why I mentioned it to you, you are an honest man. I think that's really cool. So like something I would know that your viewers might know is that, right? Also, I think it's really like, I think it's really easy to picture pull. He's like, this is the maker guy. Yeah. It's like, well, that's why I went to lens to emphasize like, oh no, like you have dramatic flair. Like sure, you were cool in high school. Like you actually want to be an adventurer. This is just part of it. There's so much depth to you beyond, I made a chicken slapper machine. Right, I don't just want to have adventures. I want to have adventures that no one else has had. Yeah. Right? Nobody else has ridden a jet slot across the egg. I and I alone can say that I've done that. Yes. Right? Nobody else has ridden a jet power rated fly wagon, at least as far as I can tell, right? I and I alone can say that I have done that. And I don't care if it gets 10 million views or 1 million views or, you know, one views. Because ultimately for me, it's having the experience. It's, and also like, and capturing it, right? I would care if it got one view because I did a bad job of yeah, capturing obviously. it. Yeah. But um, it's, a, it's a combination of being able to do it and to catalog it, right? Um, I think that's one of the things that makes really great art is uh, I love process art where you like, where the exhibit isn't just the final thing, right? You can see the brush strokes, you can see the pre-plan, right? If you build me a giant statue out of um, copper, I want to see the initial sketch. I want to see the blueprint you made before you did anything. I want to see the material testing you did. You could fill a room with all of the steps to make one big sculpture. And that makes the sculpture that much more impressive to me. Right, and so in the same way, it's like the jet sled is that much more impressive because you've seen all of the stuff that I can do it. Right, as opposed to, for example, someone could just have bought the pizza cutter that you made. Right? Yeah, it would cost them a lot more, but they didn't just buy yeah, it. Yeah, the power. There's no story, money. man. It's like, what's the point? What's right. the meaning? Who cares? Like the whole point of making it is you made it yourself. Like if your dad, I just went and bought you a flaming sparkle catapult thing, right, like right, right. crossbow, and be like. Yeah, this is cool, and I would have been excited about it, but it, it would have been like, I would have learned anything from that. I was like picturing this totally alternative Lewis Weiss world where like, a lot things. your YouTube channel is just, I just buy cool things. I just buy cool like, things. We're on the podcast, and you're just like, yeah, my dad just bought me a bunch of cool things when I was a kid. Sometimes I wish I live in that reality, <laughs> and uh, and then I think about it a little bit more, and I'm like, wait, no, I don't. Yeah, you're like, I'm happy in the reality I am. Yeah. I think if you as Hennett to quote Wolverine, you're we the, should, I will say, I will say, I hate to be this guy. Oh yeah, time wise. We are getting tight, so we should probably move on with this soon. What, one more question, what time do you gotta be out? Soon, because I gotta return my rental car. Let's say five minutes? Let's do five minutes. Rapid fire. The last thing I'll say is, I think if you, as Wolverine would say, the best at what you do. Okay. That's depending on the way you do. That's interesting. All right, I'm gonna pick a question. That you feel is really good. Well, I mean, they're all pretty. Good. Okay, all right. I will we'll finish on this. Why do you think we met? I know why we met. All right, go for it. Are you supposed to answer it first? I'm asking you. Ugh. Uh, I know why we met. We met because, well, why though? I guess why? You're thinking how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did we meet? We met because... I think we both enjoy connecting with people. And through that, right, we met in the Discord server initially. 
And we met that way because we both enjoy connecting with people and we connected with some of the same people and we wound up in this room together, right? This virtual room. And we're like, why don't we connect with each other? And I think it's that sense that is what bring, brought us together at least. I like that. I'll also add, I think it's the spirit of adventure. Life totally. is only worth living if you're trying to meet new people and do new things. And so I'm gonna go one step even more a little more abstract than what you said, why we're even in that discourse or yeah. together is because we're each trying to do something a little bit different. Something something a little bit new, a little different. Exactly. And so it's like a very self-selected group. You're in the Discord server because you're already trying to do something a little bit different. Right? To be a creator, like I like that term more than influencer because you are creating something new. You have to have a spirit of wanting to do something a little bit different that's not there. And then of course, it's a self-selected group that we're in the room together. Of course, like we're probably just going to talk and we just had like a really fun conversation about you wanting to fold over a piece of paper like 15 times. And like, it's just fun to talk about yeah, this right, right, right? And that video never even got made. Yeah, but it's like, cool. it is. It is like, it's like a concept. This is really interesting. Concept is good. The concept's really strong. Um, I'm really grateful I got to know you better. I want to make sure you don't miss your flight. So yeah, I should dip. Push. I should dip. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> short. It's no, good. I feel so too good. That, that actually went on really long. Give me a hug, by the way, dude. 100%. I'm so glad we got to the record one of these.